All right, welcome to Afterthoughts, a podcast where we share our thoughts after stuff. Thanks for having us, E. As always, welcome Doug and Ryan, my, my friends, college buddies, co-workers. Mm. We uh, love to just break down, talk about our thoughts out of sermons and series we're doing, talk about stuff that's going on in the world, talk about faith, talk about life. And I'm very excited because we're going to be breaking into talking about the concept of the temple. Yes. Just a little teaser for a few minutes from now. Um, but as always, yes, we like to start with some some forethoughts. Ah. As always, literally get to our every time, yeah. all, every all time, every time, every episode, we're yeah. always doing it Dude, on this show. You we're always, always say the same thing. Ethan. Our forethoughts. Um, by the way, some people asked. Our goal is for this to come out every week on Wednesday afternoons. Nice. Be your midweek shot in the arm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you can find it at such places as YouTube. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Cool. We got a TikTok, Afterthoughts.podcast. Shot in the arm. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for illustrating that to people. <laughs> shot would be. They would not yeah, have known. Doesn't it doesn't, uh, it's controversial. We don't oh, right, right, do right, right, of course. You guys had a big thought this past week. Something to share Ooh, with the group? Bring, a, bring to the table, if you will. Yeah, I had a thought yesterday. So you will? Well, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I will. I was uh, watching um, the Office episode with uh, Prison Mike. Where Michael nice. Scott is Love Prison it. Mike. And um, Michael Scott in the office plays different, he has different personalities and mm-hmm. characters that he oh, yeah. takes on. And I'm so curious because Steve Carell plays Michael Scott. If you're Steve Carell, you're not Steve Carell pretending to be Prison Mike. Ah, you are Steve yes. Carell acting as Michael Scott, yeah. who's pretending to be it's Prison like Inception. Mike. Mm-hmm. Acting through your yeah. character. An actor within an actor. You're Steve Carell that's, acting that's as Michael powerful. Scott, who's <laughs> acting as Michael Scarn or acting. Michael Clump or any of his other characters. <laughs> how does so he do what it? is your yeah, if as an actor, what how do you do that? How do you well how Doug do you as to an be actor, a character playing another character? As an actor, let me tell you. Okay. I'm, I'm such a bad actor. I have no I'll idea. I'll talk about my acting career for another episode. Save it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep, might, little be, might be on a show. Well, we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see if you get cut. There's like a no, good chance you get cut. <laughs> that'll be a great episode. Anyways, that well, was that's my a thought. Great, that's, that's a great, a great thought. Yeah. He's a tremendous actor. Let me ask you this. If we talked about last week, if you could have anybody on with us, yep. yeah. would you rather have Steve Carell or Michael Scott? That's such a hard question, but Michael Scott. Yeah. He, it would be so fun. Doesn't seem like it was that hard of a question for you. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna really have to think a lot about this. Michael Scott for sure. Yeah. He's such a dynamic character, man. He's hilarious. He's so yeah. great. I kind of want Steve Carell just to ask him how he played Michael Scott yeah. and pick his brain. But Michael that. Scott, there'd be some cringeworthy moments. Oh that man, we would remember forever. Yeah, but then also some just pure and genuine moments as well. Which is the beauty of him. Oh, it, it sure is. Whenever man. you so hate great. him, you see his insecurities yeah. and his good heart. Yeah, yeah. That's you really watch. the brilliance of The Office. You find a way to love Michael Scott, even though he has is, so many characters. Is he the greatest moments. comedic character of all time? I think so, just because yeah. of I mean, that's a really hard question. I'm going to have to think about that. Yes, absolutely he is. Because <laughs> um, you watch episodes like in the first season, the Halloween episode where Michael... Decisive Doug. I like yeah, this guy. Yeah, and Michael is indecisive. Because in this episode, he has to pick one employee to let go, and he can't do it. Oh, yeah. And it's just the worst side of him that needs to be the center of attention but can't make tough decisions and has a lot of just this insecurity and a little bit of narcissism about him. And then mm-hmm. at the very end of the episode, as the credits are going, 
it's Halloween night and he's back in his condo and these kids knock on his his front door and he oh, answers yeah. the door and then he's so warm yeah. and genuine and spills the candy and says, you guys so are taking bad. all, yeah. oh, so bad. Yeah. Or the time where he goes to Pam's art, art show. show. Pam after, Yeah. That's, uh, oh, I have no idea what episode that was. It's the business school episode where, where Ryan brings him as the guest speaker and he's throwing out candy bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, talking about beanie babies. Yeah, trying to come come to their so level good. and relate to them as college students. And he goes, "I'm seeing a lot of confused faces in this yeah. room. Yeah. Let's say you want to sell lemonade because <laughs> you're trying to buy PlayStations <laughs> yeah, and beanie, beanie babies. <laughs> so you want to make enough profit? Fancy word for money. <laughs> and uh, he just gets ridiculed and reamed by everybody in the classroom. Yeah. And then Pam has a bad day because nobody from the office goes right. to her art show. And then it finishes with Michael showing up late and yeah. she gives him a hug. Because she, like, oh, it's right. so good. So yeah, I he, think the greatest comedic he, character like ever. He, like us all, just wants to be loved. That's it. Wow. That has his own flaws and weaknesses. Sure does. But we love him through them. Wow. Yeah. Brilliant. Ryan, do you have a, a thought? Yeah, I, Three I thoughts remembered our four thoughts this You're, week. Yep. So the second thought, two thoughts. Mm. So far. Is uh, hu- humility is a lot easier to preach than it is to practice. And oh, so, disagree oh, speak for yourself, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Because you're so, I'm so humble. good at preaching on humility. Dude, I've never met two people who are more <laughs> humble about their humility. Yeah. yeah. I so I nice. preached at a, a college like conference for a bunch of incoming freshmen last week, and my topic was humility. Nice. And so I drive up um, and preach about humility, have a great time, mm-hmm. and I'm telling them uh, I, I'm telling stories about when I was a freshman in in college and getting papers back, and professor just ripping it apart, you know. And my thought was. This guy just doesn't understand good writing. Like, this is on him, not on me. Remember Ryan's poetry? Ooh, and happened to go. That's we'll, good poetry. We'll talk about that another time. But I did. Maybe Thank we'll you. have a reading. Sure. I will. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't wait. Telling them stories I can. about having to like <laughs> humble myself and realize, oh, maybe I'm just 18 and I don't really know everything yet. And so I'm, I should just go in and talk to my professor and, and start mm-hmm. learning some stuff. And so having this great moment. And uh, then I get in my car and I check my emails and there's a, a project I'm working on right now. And I had gotten a response in my inbox, someone who had notes for me and they were <laughs> very extensive uh. notes. And for the next hour, I drive back down the mountain going, can you believe it? Like this person just doesn't know good writing. You know, when you're in your car and anger is just like cranked up Everyone's to, a, angry to 11 for whatever reason. I don't know why that so is. So I'm having that moment for an hour and I realize I just preached a sermon at two different sessions about this exact thing. And so I say <laughs> it again, humility is easier to preach oh, than it is to practice. We'll be praying for you, Ryan. Thanks guys. Um, to make this three thoughts, very excited for football season. As Best you, time of year, as man. You guys I love starts football. right now. Certainly agree with. Mm-hmm. There has been uh, Johnny Manziel's been in the news. Oh yeah, some sort of talking about his life and his story, yeah. and uh, he talked about how he had attempted suicide. Mm. And so I've been thinking about that. It made me really sad for a guy who, with so much talent, yeah. um, a guy who had gotten to the place that so many people mm. are trying to get to, and realizing this isn't everything. Yeah, um, but. Thankful that he's still here because I think there's going to be a 30 for 30 about him someday. A redemption story. Maybe he becomes a coach or a mentor or something that Mm. is going to happen through his life. And I think, you know, that he finds hopefully what he's been looking for, which I believe is his identity and who God sees him as and the love that God has for him that I think maybe he's run from. But his story's not over, man. I officiated a wedding a couple of years ago at a fancy hotel and he was there. 
Mm. Um, and I remember officiating the, the ceremony and him and his buddies were walking by and they stopped and they were listening for a while. And I remember having that thought, like, man, your story's not over. Yeah. And it's true for everyone, but I, but hope and, yeah. and, and infusing it back with purpose and the, the redemption story. Like he's just such a talented guy. He's a super nice guy, um, super talented, has so much charisma. And I, I don't know. I and just you, think, so much you, know, you just him. think about what we do to celebrities like we push them into this crazy weird life. Yeah. I was listening mm-hmm. to a Chris Hodges sermon where he was calling his church out about how fired up they'll get at their campuses at Alabama and Auburn Stadium. Yeah. Oh yeah. Far more than on a Sunday to get fired up about their creator who totally. made them and saved them. Um, <laughs> but in the context of that was also thinking about him and like we've put these people in such 20 year old kids on such a weird yeah. place. Yeah. We're yelling at guys on our fantasy team when they don't score us a touchdown. And uh, so it was a, uh, a sad story, but mm. hopeful for that dude. and. That's great. Yeah. Sports, football especially to me is such the revealer of the desire in every human heart to be part of a fight that's bigger than you. Mm -hmm. And so I'll, you know, I'll rally behind this specific team. So much so that, you know, my week will really rise and fall based on how well they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it just shows that, man, I got to be part of a fight that's bigger than me. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Fantasy is like doubling down on that. It's like not yeah, only do I have my team, I have this make believe team that I've made up, and I'm gonna give them like pep talks and and pretend like yeah. it's like something real for every one of us that dreams of being Billy Bean and never will be. Yeah. I get to be the GM. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I still have fun doing fantasy. You're football, great at so. fantasy football. Thanks, though. guys. We're yeah. gonna win. We got we'll this. Win, we'll win it this year. We got uh, this. Let's go to a time that is everyone's favorite time, which is questions with Kayla. Questions. Kayla, with how are you Kayla. today? Hey, Ethan, I'm doing great. Welcome Thanks to your for, segment. Yes. And the whole idea behind questions with Kayla is what? Just to ask you guys questions that ah, the people want to know. That's, well, a that's, good, that's a good title. She's been collecting questions on social media. Yes. Very informative title. Yes. Yeah. It, it just tells you what it is. Just like afterthoughts. <laughs> Kayla we tell our thoughts after school. collects questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Bring it, Kayla. All right. So we got a few different types of questions. We'll start off lighthearted. What movie setting or show would you love to live in? Ooh, nice. Ooh. Uh, the very beginning of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> totally. Before there's any um, no conflict, inciting incident, or no Ring of Power. It's just and your one ring to be hobbits in the Shire. Oh. and it's beautiful, and the yeah. grass is green, and there's no social media. <laughs> And there's no stupid rings of power. Yeah, Gandalf's there making fireworks. And yeah. Dragons out of vape clouds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's just fireworks and parties and yeah. dancing every single night. And everybody's so happy. Phenomenal. Nobody's mad. You've got a best friend like Sam from that movie, those movies. So great, man. Yeah. So the Shire for sure. Yep. Uh-oh. Eric, we're recording a podcast. What are you doing here? Oh, okay. All right, here we go. All right. What Can he you, just do this? What's Sorry. Going, I guess. Maybe we do a closed door thing. <laughs> you guys plan this with Eric? Shove down. <clears throat> I don't know. Do what? Shove down. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Sorry, man. Me, I already I'll know just, where this I'll is going just based on that one line. Why do you have a binder? What are you doing? I didn't submit on Instagram because I figured this would be better in person. Okay. Oh, good. Should I be nervous? This could be wildly uncomfortable. Let her rip. What you got, Eric? Who do you think you are? What? What gives you the right? Maybe we go with what the binder says. I don't know. (laughs) This is a lot of office. It's a full circle. We didn't even know. 
I've always related change, most to Toby. So, if you could change one thing about Dunder Mifflin, what would it be? <laughs> Looks like you're reading a Financial Peace University book. I mean, I've got <laughs> I'm some not asking, ideas. I'm just reading <laughs> what it says. <laughs> I mean, I've got, I guess, some could streamline some processes and. Very good, Eric. Thanks for great job, Eric. Thanks for crashing the party. He could do that all day if we let him. Oh yeah. yeah. Never tell him to his face. But he's actually a great guy, great kids pastor. He really is. Wouldn't know that he guess that he is, but he's phenomenal. Why would you say that to his face? (laughs) Another another so many office references in one episode. Do you like Toby or not like Toby? I just relate to him. Yeah, yeah. Dude, like I him. was gonna say that. <laughs> Look like just him. like him. Act yeah. like him. You kind of everyone treats you like Always him around here. Yeah, Toby. That's yes. Yeah. yeah, and you get beans from Even Stevens all the time. <laughs> yes. yes, that's who you remind me of. I know. Oh yes, beans from Even Stevens. <laughs> yep. That's the guy. Yep, I'll take that. So, anyways, back to Kayla's questions. Oh the yeah, Shire. You saw the Shire. Dude, yeah. I'm gonna go Star Wars. I just oh, grew up wow. watching it, and it would be so fun. I know it's kind of violent, but to be a Jedi would be amazing. Okay. Big responsibility. You guys Ryan. went like with big fantasy world stuff. Yeah, what do you got? Yeah. The first thing that came to my mind was uh, the family in Hawaii when the girl gets her arm bit off by the shark oh, in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bethany, Bethany Hamilton. Hamilton. Yes. Dude, I drove. Soul Surfer. Soul Surfer. That's the name of the movie. Their setup looks awesome. So great. The house, family, beach people. Yeah, in the beginning of that movie where they have church right on the beach yeah, and she. man. It goes from surfing to gets out of the water and then. Dries off and then goes to church. Oh, it's amazing. So and great. Every, yeah. But each of the places we chose had villains. Sauron. Uh, Darth. Palpatine really is the... Yeah. And a shark. And a shark. Yeah. So, yeah. Bethany Hamilton's yeah. an amazing person. The beginnings of all those amazing movies place. are awesome. The, before yeah, there's, you know... Just freeze yeah. it in the beginning. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you like those answers? Those are great. Thank now you, Kayla. Thanks, Kayla. Dive into oh. a little bit more serious. Oh. oh, no, I was going to oh. say Bethany Hamilton would be an awesome guest. Oh, yeah. On show. Oh, that would it. be cool. She would, would be yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah, we'll just do it. We'll just call her. <laughs> no problem. Man. I'll get yeah, it. I'll text her, guys. <laughs> I, was, I drove past that beach. She's one of the ago. most inspiring people on earth. Ryan's been to Kauai, so Ryan, you reach out to her. Maybe I'll, I'll just reach out. Yeah, yeah. You're, she's a friend of the show. Yeah, of course. Of course. She is awesome. Yeah. Okay. You got more? Yeah. Let's do specific questions for each of you guys. Mm, okay. So, oh, boy. Whoa. Doug. Uh-oh. Hate to sing We have out. a guy who asked, I'm giving my first ever sermon. Any advice? Nice. Giving your first sermon. Awesome. Let's go. Maybe. Uh, it, Hopefully. Let it go better than my first sermon <laughs> no, in Jesus' oh, yeah. name. It, it, will. it will. would be hard for it not to. <laughs> yeah, dude. Actually, I, th- I do think there is a certain amount of grace on your first sermon. Yeah. You get a little help from the big man upstairs. Uh-huh. But I will say... Um, Always love people more than preaching. Mm. Nice. That's yeah. Good. Because there's always, there's always that temptation of, I want people to hear truth and be inspired and hear the gospel, but I want to be the one to, to preach it. And you almost want that more than them hearing it. Yeah. You know, love people more than you love the prophetic. Yeah. Love people more than you love preaching. Because yeah. when you have a heart for people, God's going to give you words for people. Good. So nice. that's huge. And then make it as simple as possible. My very first sermon was to a room full of about 18 middle schoolers on a Thursday night in Laguna Beach, and I preached on the Holy Spirit, and it was 53 yeah, minutes man. long. I remember yeah. I finished you know, that this week. <laughs> the length of uh, our last podcast, but just a side note, we got a new addition to the set. Ooh. A clock. A clock. 
So that's going to be helpful. On time, every time. With milliseconds. That's a good, that's part of that. So to tie that, have a sermon clock so you don't <laughs> yeah. preach for 53 minutes yeah. to a bunch of kids who don't. For instance, that sermon should that. have been 15 minutes yeah. and 12 of those minutes should have been funny stories and jokes. Yeah. And then I should have related that to three minutes right. of one point. One point, one takeaway. That like rhymed. Yep. yep. Or all started Simple. with the same letter. Yeah. Because people hear so much content these days. So, you know, let's, let's just, our church, if you're going to hear 52 sermons this year, mm-hmm. a year from now, you're going to remember either nothing from that sermon or one thing. Yeah, maybe and you want to you wanna preach in a way where here's all this other stuff, the stories and the, the scripture and the points, all serves this one thing that I want you to remember yeah. five years from now that I believe is going to change your Straight. life. And then say that one thing like 10 On times. repeat. <laughs> yeah. How yeah, many middle times? schoolers aren't taking notes. No, man. No. Yeah. But if and you can preach to 18 middle schoolers... Yeah, you, you can, can preach. preach to anyone. I'm thankful that's where we started. Anyone, because yeah, their yeah. brains weren't formed, so they don't remember anything. <laughs> so sermons <laughs> were it's brutal. Fun. All right, <laughs> what All else right. we got? Good answer from Doug. So Decisive Ryan, who has been an influential person in your life, mm-hmm. and what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given, if you have any? It's a great question. Influential person in my life, I'm going to say my dad, our dad. Thank you. Shout out to Clark. Yeah. Uh, he has been a super influential person in all three of our lives. Um, yep. And he's given a ton of good advice. There's stories for days. Um, one that pops into my mind. I remember like 12 years ago, just getting started with ministry. And I tried to um, delegate uh, uh, some responsibility to a volunteer and it didn't go well. And I went home and I was talking to him and I, I was like, I, well, I tried this and it didn't work. So I'm never doing that ever again. Like thinking in such an extreme, a pendulum, if you will. And he just started asking questions. Thank you. He started asking questions back to me and eventually helped me get to the point where I realized, oh, you like that actually is a great learning opportunity to now sit down and debrief and say what went well, what didn't go well, how can we get better? Maybe I passed too much authority a little bit too quick, but that doesn't mean that you just stop doing that altogether. The line that we always say is you can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. Boom. Clark helped me realize that. Good job, Clark. Mm-hmm. That's why I've always said, what does every great leader have? Leadership. Leadership. <laughs> Any more questions, Kayla? Next one, Ethan, for you. What's your sermon writing process like? I want to know the behind the scenes. Whoa. So you can talk about mm. Summer Moon. Well, yes. Yeah. Um, no Tell way. us about the drink you get at Summer Moon. Yeah. I get a chai mm. or decaf. Can't handle caffeine. Do you go upstairs? Yeah, there's level? never room, but I try. Yeah. This week there were, uh, or last week, I guess, there was no air conditioning, so it was closed, which was tough, but went to Malone's by my house, my neighbor's coffee shop. It's great. How much does your drink cost at Summerman? Uh, There's been a few times it was $6.66. Yikes. When you you texted to the group text, you said, guys, my drink again was $6.66. I wanted so bad to text back. I'm like... Is that by any chance because you just got the same drink <laughs> at the same no, store? No, but in between, in between. Is that crazy? In, in between those two times, it was a different price. And then oh, it went, okay. okay. <laughs> so process-wise, normally I have like a vague idea in my head and then I'll start to read something or do a little research or converse with one of these guys. And then when it comes to the week of the sermon, I feel like I don't have enough time 
I'll spend a day like putting all my research and stuff together, compiling it. I have way too much. Then I'm worried. I have no idea what to do. Then the next day I'll write it out sometimes or outline it out. And then I go, okay, I could work with this. And then I get it to a place where it feels good to go. Then I go into a phase where I hate it and feel like it doesn't make any sense and it's terrible. And my wife always knows exactly when I'm in that mindset because it's it, when it's a preaching week, you that is always in your mind. They're kind of terrible, man. Impossible to be fully yeah, you engaged just know, in anything because oh, you know. I'm preaching this coming weekend. I guess yeah. I'll have an existential crisis and a mental breakdown this oh, yeah. week yeah. like I do every single oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then I push through that and I'll go through <laughs> it once or twice just in my car by myself, just talking through points and let it rip on the weekend and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Foolproof. Kayla, thank you for asking yeah, no all those questions. Yeah. One thing I forgot <laughs> before we get into Temple, one call back to Pendulum. Mm-hmm. And I realized in the last episode, I forgot to bring this up. Okay. Ryan preached a great message about work and rest. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of back when Ryan preached about the rhythm of working, COVID times, and he created a song Ooh, that's right. during his sermon that I wish had come back. But Jacob, if we could throw that clip of the Best work song rest I've ever ballad created. anthem Play the clip. in there. Let's watch that. We are created to both work and rest. Six days on, one day off. Six days on, one day off. Corey, show us how it's supposed to go. You ready? Here we go. Work, 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 rest. Work. Work, 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 rest. Work, 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 rest. Man, hey, if this auditorium was full right now, they would be going nuts. Okay, now here's the backstory okay. to this. Um, because this was in 2020. I don't know if you guys remember 2020. Um, it was Barely. like late April, yeah. early May of, of 2020, mm-hmm. where... Um, like we have all these serious ideas and all these things and the, the momentum is there. And then one day I get a phone call from Doug and he says, oh, you guys got to come into church. Oh, we yeah. got to talk about this. Yeah. For reference, we moved into this uh, new building as a church on Mar- in March 1st, 2020 was our very first Sunday. And it was a church planter's dream. Dude, it was the best day ever. Yeah, we finally had a, a, a spot. We only had a setup one time. It's like the church doubled that weekend. Yeah. And uh, we had March 1st and March 8th, which were awesome Sundays. Mm-hmm. And then I think like Wednesday of the following week, I called all you guys on the staff and I said, meet at, meet, meet at the building. And I said, this sounds so crazy, um, yeah. but we are gonna cancel church this weekend because of COVID. And uh, I said, I know this is about to sound crazier, yeah. but I need you guys to swallow this pill. It might be three or four weeks before we can open church back Dude, up we again. go, no way. What are you talking about? What it are you might be till Easter, you guys. I need you to be realist with me right now. <laughs> the NBA was shutting down. And, and yeah. March so, Madness yeah. was canceled. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And, um, and then later that week, we, uh, we called the, the worship team and just a few production yeah. people. We met at the church that morning to plan out our An next three series. weeks, uh, a three-week series, including Easter, <laughs> right. made the graphics for it, and then that night recorded three full That's services right. back to back um, to back. because quarantine was going to happen, was going to go into effect at midnight that night. Yeah. So we, pre- we did three services so that we would be okay. And um, that, that, this was Unreal. either that night or then uh, like so three then, weeks later so when we realized. Three weeks later, yeah. like that clip you just watched, you have to know there's 
a couple, there's a handful of people in the room. There's five like, or ten. There's like five to empty rooms. people, Fun. which is just awful. Like looking into a camera and preaching and pretending like there's people there is yeah. so bad. Yeah. But I get this idea. I'm talking about work and rest. Uh, and I get this idea that it's kind of like a, a drum beat um, that the the work is like the the beat you got to have you got to have the beat and it's got to be there to keep the song and the rhythm going mm-hmm. but if it's just all the beat and no filler that's like a life where it's just work 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 and it's just boring however if life is just all one big fill it's chaotic and there's no rhythm to it so our our buddy Corey came up on stage with me and and the drums were that was when the drums were right behind you (laughs) no shield oh yeah (laughs) it just didn't sound didn't sound good awesome when yeah um but we we counted it off as you just watched and it's it's work work work, and we were all up on the our chairs just dancing yeah look over and Ethan's just up (laughs) and I just grooving man I remember having this moment where I go I actually think this is a brilliant image and illustration and about 30 people are going to hear it. You're like, this is brilliant. Even even the fact that there was six works and then one rest. Uh-huh. Yep. Brilliant. That was it. Yeah. So, the Shabbat. There wow. you go. Mm-hmm. I will. Uh, there are times where you preach to a full room, though, and you had about as much response as we did back then. So <laughs> yeah, keeping true. it moving, uh, we are now into, here at our church, a series called Temple mm-hmm. yep. that we kicked mm-hmm. off this past weekend. And great job, E. Thank you. The concept of this whole thing is comes from where Paul says, hey, don't you know that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my whole goal has been to bring to life the wonder and honor of being a temple of the Holy Spirit, how wild yeah. it is that God wants to be with his people so yeah. much so that he will come and dwell in you, in your yeah. life, in your body. Like he's part of you. Blows my mind. And I have joked about this, but that verse about, don't you know your temple has always, it's in the context of sex. And so it generally comes from a context of guilt where it's like, don't yeah. you know? Yeah. That's how I felt when I first heard that in college was like, oh no, I'm a mm-hmm. temple of the Holy Spirit. I yeah. wish somebody, I wish I knew that before because he's got a hate living here because I'm mm-hmm. awful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the things that I say and the things that I think. Um, <laughs> but rather than a guilt trip and the goal of, I think, talking about this, mm. you know, in church, but here the next couple of weeks also is to bring this beauty of what it means to be a temple of the Holy Spirit and then help equip ourselves and people to practically be a flourishing temple of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. And that encompasses mind, body, and spirit. So can I nerd out just for a little bit? Oh, please. Is, I became so grateful for the podcast yeah. when I was writing my sermon because the, I'm talking about the tabernacle and what it means that we are not just spirit, but that we have a body and a mind mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And there's all these ties in Bible things. And I'm like, okay, writing all this out, you guys know how I am. I love information. I love the logic of things and all these patterns that God's laid out to make things so abundantly clear. I think there's so yeah. many things that people think like, I guess it just you just believe it because that's just what God says. But he like leaves all these breadcrumbs through the Old Testament yeah. Yeah. that it should make so much sense. And so I love when that light bulb comes on when it like it did for me with things like the tabernacle. Yeah. But in a sermon, you're also you're like, I have to come up with my one point and like, exactly. I have to keep this simple right. because yes. a year from now, what are they going to remember? And if I tell them everything, they're going to remember nothing. Exactly. That's the beauty of the podcast. That we can talk deeper into this stuff because there, I think you start to gain even more of a reverence yep. and awe and yeah. honor for what this means when you see the depths of the things. But I was reading in Hebrews, and Hebrews is, I think, is probably my favorite book in the Bible because it is like somebody 
turns that light bulb on for everybody of here's how this whole story's worked. Yeah. yeah. And he's, uh, you know, laying out Jesus is the high priest mm -hmm. and the tabernacle. And then there's this little verse in Hebrews 9 where he goes, but we don't have time to speak in depth about these things right Ooh. now. And that's what propelled me in the sermon to go. It was like, save some of that for the podcast. You need people to know that your God wants to be with you. Yeah. That's the point of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there are so many more things that show us that. So tell us more than way me. back. That's so funny to think about writing that in a letter. <laughs> yeah. We don't have time to, to, for me to write this, you guys. And the urgency, like the fact that you say that, yeah. the urgency of those letters as they were being written is because yeah. they had to tell, like, they had to explain Christ to people. Right. While there's people hunting them, trying to kill them, mm -hmm. trying to destroy them and those letters. And so it's like, hey, I could write you a hundred page thesis about the tabernacle. I can't do that right now because yeah. I need you to see that all this is pointing you to Jesus. And right. that's where I need you to like rest right now is find him through all of what you've right. known. This is also an audience, the Hebrew people. So that book mm -hmm. of Hebrews is written to the Israelites who would know of this stuff. Right. The tabernacle to them was so familiar where for us, we have to research and figure stuff out. Yeah. So the Hebrew people, so I like, I love getting into their mindset and how they would have heard things and how they would have like seen all of these pieces come together in Jesus all the way back to, and talking about temple, mind, body, spirit, you're made up of these different pieces, right? Like God is a triune God. Yeah. Yeah. One God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He creates us in his image and we are triune beings, right? right. We have these parts, these three parts of us. And Wait, say more about that. What are the three parts? Mind, body, spirit. Um, and people will put different terms to them, but the Hebrew, so the Hebrew people morning and night, they would say a prayer. Do you know what it's called? Shema. Shema. And it's, um, I have it here. Um, here is from Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Yeah. There's these three parts of you. Mm -hmm. And we hear those three things, and they tend, to, we just interpret them through kind of what we think of the heart, and they had a different understanding and meaning behind those things. So the Hebrew mm -hmm. word for heart, lev, is your intellect, emotions, desires, thoughts, feelings, will, affections. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Hebrew Which, word. By the way, pause, let's pause there, because yeah. that's, we always think like, all the, the, the thoughts are in the head and then all the feelings are right. in the heart. But, but we got to come back to their context and realize the heart's really like the center yes. of, of who you are. That's how they, and they didn't have a context for the human brain like we do at all. Right. So everything to them centered in the heart. Um, and then soul, we tend to think that we are, you said this last week, like it's like we're trapped in um, this body, mm -hmm. but we're really just this ethereal soul Right. And that's really the point of all of this. Right. You guys, you, you talked about the Hebrew word for soul, which is? Nefesh. Right. Well, and that, that is uh, really quick. That, that sort of, that came from um, Plato's teachings that, and this is, I'm going to contrast this with the temple and then I think, and then have you keep going. But there's a, a quote from Plato that says, the body is a prison that your soul is stuck mm. in. Wow. And he had this very dualistic thinking right. where he saw... There was uh, the spiritual and then the material. And your body is, uh, the material is corrupt and temporary. And he would put your body in that category. The spiritual is good and pure and eternal. And that's your soul. So wow. you have this good, pure, eternal thing of your soul stuck in this corrupt, very temporary thing. Mm -hmm. So do whatever you want with it right. because it's just, it one day it's gonna be gone. So yes. he literally said, your body is a prison and then Paul literally says in 1 Corinthians 6, 
your body, do you not know your body's actually a temple? temple. Yeah. In two very different ways yes. of seeing it. Your body's a temple, which was Jesus's understanding mm -hmm. of the word for soul, essentially in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word nefesh, you look back in Genesis chapter two, when Adam became a living being, that is soul. Right. The wow. Hebrew word that is, is that, wait, is that physical or spiritual? Yes. Yes. Get the, the pendulum whole, out. It's all of you. Your yes. whole being Mind, body, a living spirit, organism. Soul. Yeah, all of it. It's, you don't have a soul, you are a soul. Right. That's mm -hmm. the context that the Hebrew people had that yeah. Jesus taught with. Right. Let me, can it, so let's take that one step deeper because I think this will help some people. Then you hear the word flesh in the New Testament. Paul used it all the time, the Greek word sarx. Mm -hmm. And we put it, we copy and paste that, that paradigm into, well, there's a spiritual part of me that's good, and then my body must be bad. Mm -hmm. that's, that's how we think of flesh. But that's not how Paul meant it. When he's, when he's talking about flesh, he's talking about the, the sinful nature right. in you. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you are You have a body. Is the right. It means right. you have a sinful nature, and you need a savior, and all of that. But yeah. you, mm -hmm. you got to deconstruct that stuff. That's good. Mm -hmm. Or else there's just so much shame that, that comes along with it. Mm -hmm. That's good. So your heart, your soul, and then strength, which from the Hebrew word meod, or I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, but it basically means your muchness, mm. which is a funny, yeah. sounds really odd. Yeah, yeah. But they translated, um, some translations from the ancient Jews were power and strength. The ancient Aramaic was your wealth. And they saw that as what you can bring okay. um, in your strength. Jesus broke it down into your mind and strength, your mind and power. Mm -hmm. um, and so your everything, your ability, your capacity. So here's what I think is cool about all this. When we try to break these things apart, it, I think we're missing the point of what the prayer was and what Jesus was telling us because it all, all these words have a bunch to them because they just mean mm -hmm. all of who you are. Okay. Everything of who you are. Yeah. You wanna think of it in terms of your emotions, put it here. You wanna think of it in terms of your thoughts, mm -hmm. put it here, but I want all of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Paul is saying, you're a temple. So every piece of you, every part of you, every opportunity, every gift, everything in you is to be cultivated and flourish mm -hmm. with the presence of God, with the Holy Spirit in you. Mm -hmm. wow. Okay, so we see that the, whole, the one big thing of the sermon was God wants to be with you. Yeah. He wants to be with you. Let that blow your mind, right? Yeah. Um, and we see this from the very beginning. And you can think of it like in three concentric circles. Mm -hmm. So Eden, we say the Garden of Eden, but Eden was the land of delight. Within mm -hmm. Eden is a garden. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at he the center- Hebrew word, Eden's a Hebrew word, means delight. Correct. And then in the very center is the tree of life. And that is this place where God rests with his people, where he comes to be with Adam, right? right. Like I, I love when it says that they would walk together in the cool of the day. And that's like God sounds so good. That's like God's goal so nice. is I just want to walk with you in the cool of the day. I just want to be with you, which is funny. Maybe he's- doesn't love being in Austin. It wasn't never Austin in August, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So then... When's the cool of the day right now? Oh, man. As sin enters and the, whole, the whole story of the Israelites and everything's crazy and all that stuff. Now God, um, they get out of Egypt and they go to Mount Sinai. And this is where God's going to give the law and he's going to start to instruct them on what it means to be a holy people set apart. And through this family, he's going to bless the world. Mm. They're at Mount Sinai and there's all the people at the base and then a select crew goes up halfway. Mm -hmm. But then at the very top is just Moses at mm. the summit. Mm. And he like sees into heaven, which is kind of a, mm. like the, the veil is lifted and he sees the heavenly temple. Yeah. And he, God like gives him that awareness to then say, go make an earthly copy, a micro Eden. Yeah. Because I want to dwell with okay. you. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay. 
So then they build yeah. the tabernacle. Right. Uh-huh. And I love the tabernacle because it speaks to people like Jacob and Kayla, the creatives oh, of the body, right? Like the people yeah. that God's like, okay, get these guys and they're gonna construct this. It's gonna be beautiful. Good. It's so ornate. There's so much detail, so much thought. So then they build the tabernacle and it's got the outer courts yep. for everybody. It's got the holy place yeah. and then the most holy place. Okay, so yeah. it's all this picture of Eden. Yep. And I was nerding out about the furniture and stuff inside yeah. of it, which is so cool. So there's um, in the holy of holies or in the holy place. So there's this altar of incense, symbolizing the constant prayers of the people. Going, this is really cool to me. There's uh, the menorah, which you've heard of probably from Hanukkah and things like mm-hmm. that. But the menorah symbolized the tree of life and was to always remain lit. Mm-hmm. And it shined onto twelve loaves of bread, representing God's people, the twelve tribes of Israel. That His okay. light was always shining on His people. Yeah. Just these subtle little details that are so cool to me. Then you go through this blue sky veil. Which is like, this is like walking through an art exhibit. Seriously. Where every detail is thought of. Everything. Yeah. And it's all leading of. you back to the garden. It's all leading you back to the garden. And this meeting place like God once had with Adam is made possible. You pass through the veil, the high priest goes through this veil. And then there's the Ark of the Covenant in the most holy place. And in the Ark of the Covenant, you've got the law. Okay, you've got some manna, the miraculous bread mm-hmm. that God had given his people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, the high priest's staff. And then the lid on that is the mercy seat. Yeah. And other people groups, they also, they believed like their gods, like Dagon or whatever, that they traveled, like they were trying to always access them. Yeah. And so they would put an idol on the mercy seat of that, on, not a mercy seat, but on their whatever, archetype thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was no one sitting, or there's no idol on this mercy seat because the presence of God was going to be there. Yeah. yeah. It's not just some like man-made thing that we're going to hope maybe has some power to it. Like his presence is going to be here. Um, and then in Exodus 40, once it's all beautifully constructed, the presence of God shows up, fills it, fire and wind. Okay. Then they build the temple later on when they get established and it's mm-hmm. far more to it, even than the tabernacle. Right. So all of this is so cool to me because the prophets start getting their peaks into the heavens. Isaiah mm-hmm. sees, and he's like freaked out when yeah. he sees, he's like, oh no, I should have so seen crazy. that. Like, what have, I, what have I done? And um, Ezekiel peeks into, like he gets a peek into the heavenly temple and they ha- they're having this idea of like, there's something more. Like Hebrew says, these are shadows of things to come. Uh-huh. The prophets start speaking about this one who is to come. Mm-hmm. God's gonna pour his spirit out on his people. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus shows up and he is, God in the flesh, this triune being, now in our triune mm-hmm. being, who is the law, who has the law within him, mm-hmm. who is the high priest, who, who is the bread of life, those very objects in the Ark of the Covenant. And he is all That's of that. awesome. And, so as, cool. and as he's telling everybody that, people are mad and they want to oh, kill yeah. him, of course, and all yeah, those yeah. things. But mm-hmm. to me, it's just so cool on the other side of it all. We have the luxury of being far beyond this where right. it all makes sense. But you see how much thought and detail God put into that. Yeah to all point to Jesus. Yeah. So then when he dies and the, you know, the curtain splits, mm-hmm. the Holy of Holies yeah. is opened up, the spirit is poured out on the people, which to a Hebrew person would have been like, that's not possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if the Holy Spirit, like if the spirit of presence of God comes near me, I'm just gonna die. Because right. he's so holy and powerful and I'm broken and sinful. And God makes this all possible through Jesus. And, uh, and then the disciples get it. Pentecost comes and the Holy Spirit comes. 
And so it was, I, I, there's so much detail to it all. And again, I felt like the point is God wants to be with you because this all points to God saying, hey, I've come in Jesus and I've made it possible to dwell in you. Yeah. Come and on. then you think about the human being, the most amazing organism in all of right. creation mm -hmm. and the intricacies of our brain and our blood vessels and our skin and the way that all these things work. And if one thing was often like 32 trillion cells that are within us and yeah. each of them have all of this data within them and the genetic code. 32 all trillion? These, yeah make up a human being and you, and within each of those is like 10 to the 24th power or something, right. bits of information. Right. And that's why they, they, like cloning is possible because they just need one cell and there's enough information in one cell of a human being that they oh, can wow. say, we know everything mm -hmm. we need to know. All this detail that God's put into all these things ultimately to point to, hey, I wanna be with you. Yeah. And I put so much thought and crafting into you and who mm -hmm. you are. And I'm choosing to, to like dwell with you there there's like this uh, half truth I feel like people have always kind of said and thought that I've heard like, well, holy God can't be anywhere near sin, but he actually camped out right in the middle of a sinful people. Yeah. And makes a home right in a sinful person. Mm -hmm. But it's possible because of sacrifice, which was the mechanism for yeah. this Eden experience back yeah. then. And then it's made forever possible because yeah. of Jesus. So it all ties together in this beautiful way yeah. that I just That's thought was so, so cool. incredible. Yeah, you think about like the, uh, the contrast between the tabernacle and then the human being you know, each serving as, as temples and all the thought put into a building. And I'm sure God was honored by it. But Psalm 139 says, you were fearfully yeah. and wonderfully made. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean God was afraid as he was making you. It means he legitimately like wowed himself yeah. when he made the human being, when he made you, that he was in awe of what he made. It's like, cool. wow, I've really, imagine God thinking, I've really outdone myself. Yeah. And so of wow. all the intricacies and details that go into a building, mm -hmm. yeah. he was honored by that, but he was wowed, wowed and in you. awe of his creation, yeah. human being. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is wow. where I think you hear such a different context than, hey, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit, so stop, yeah. stop screwing up, you know, mm -hmm. stop doing whatever you're doing. And there's good, healthy conviction. Sure, but mostly it's come with condemnation. But that honor and reverence to see how much God put in yeah. to be able to be with us, wow, yeah, is just really cool to me, dude. It's all in Genesis one. He yeah. creates everything, and he keeps saying, "It's good, it's good, it's mm -hmm. good." And then day six creates human beings, yeah, in the image of God, and that's where you get the really good, yeah. So it's like the Mount Everest, good, Doug. Really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, it, thank it, you, Ryan. And if we could just get even that, you, even me, mm -hmm. right? Even and and that's true on your good days. I think we understand that on our good days. It's also yeah. true on our bad days. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I feel like when you read Acts, like as the Holy Spirit comes in, in Acts two, you see them get so excited. It's because they understand all of this context. Yeah. Of oh, what yeah. the tabernacle and the temple really is. Yeah. And they go, oh, this whole thing really is pointing to God, I'm wanting that. to be with us. Yeah, it's this wild. legendary place, the temple, that they've had to rebuild and like there, there's so much focus on it. And then when the light bulb comes on, oh, we're that now. Oof. The spirit of God, mm -hmm. his presence is here to dwell in us. Yeah, That changes everything. Yeah, And it's why Jesus says, hey, it's better for you that I go and he comes. And we don't, I don't think we believe him. Right. Most of us would choose yeah. if we had a choice, I want Jesus here in the room with me. And he's going, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> My, I'm gonna pour my spirit upon you and then you're mm. just gonna be 
you know, yeah. many Christs all over because you're going to have my spirit working in yeah. and through it's you. It's almost the like Jesus changed. is like, if I was here with you, you could watch me do some pretty cool stuff. But if the yeah. Holy Spirit's here with you, yeah. you're going to do. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Watch what I do through you. Yeah. Yeah. As sort of a, as a, I, I love the phrase pocket of heaven. Mm. Yeah. I don't think we came up with that. I think that was maybe Tim Mackey. Yeah. refers to human beings now as, I mean, that's what a temple is. A, yeah. you're a pocket of heaven. Yeah. So heaven and earth being bridged once and for all by the cross, by one sacrifice that now we don't need a sacrificial system and we don't need a law. Heaven is here, yeah. not yet in its entirety, but not dwelling in buildings anymore, but rather in people. Mm -hmm. I remember flying from Denver to Austin, um, a few, like maybe two months before we started this church. Mm -hmm. And it was at night and I love, do you remember the, before we moved here at our office in Littleton, we had like a big, like eight yeah. foot tall map of yeah. Austin. Oh yeah. And so we would put little pins in where no, we, we were like, be. man, we could potentially start yeah. the church mm -hmm. there. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Here's a cool, you know, dinner yeah. theater. Maybe we could rent that. And, um, it was very, it was wishful thinking because <laughs> it turned out to be a lot harder than that. But yeah. we memorized, I, I love maps, first of all, but because we stared at that so much, I knew like, oh, I know what Austin looks like from mm -hmm. above. And so we're flying in at night and I'm, I go, oh, there's, there's 183. Oh, there's 35. Oh, yeah. there's Mopac. Mm -hmm. I know exactly where I am. Um, and I felt like, you know, and it wasn't like a, a, hallucinating vision or anything like that. But it was just, I looked down and I felt like God was showing me um, people of our church mm. scattered all throughout Austin. Mm -hmm. And it was like each person was like a little pocket of light, a little pocket wow. of heaven that wherever we go, you know, you go to the eighth floor of Northwestern Mutual or the hospital where you're a nurse, you take heaven with you yeah. and all these. And then, and then seeing us gathering in one location and then heaven, a bunch of people who all show up and they all have heaven yeah. with them, mm -hmm. which yeah. is by the way, why church is so much better when you, when you show up Come on. because we all show up and we bring heaven with us. Yep. And there's a, it's like the exponential factor of collaboration mm -hmm. where it's this exponential, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when you show up to church, and you say things like, man, I love the vibe here. I love what you're, what you're experiencing is mm -hmm. heaven. Yeah. yeah. Because there's Spirit people here that all have heaven, that are all carriers so of funny. it. Yeah. yeah. And so I'll never forget that night flying into Austin mm. going, um, that's God's plan for being a, a city on a hill and the light of the world. Mm -hmm. We gather <clears throat> and then we scatter and everybody takes heaven with them when they scatter. Yeah. yeah. That, so with that, so that foundation laid out, we've got a couple of weeks to talk about. Yeah. The Holy Spirit yeah. being a temple. I asked this convicting question that I felt for myself. Do you look more like a temple or the ruins of one? Oof. And okay. not, in, not in a condemning way, because no. if you feel like the ruins of one, then it's time to let the Holy Spirit start building. Yeah. And maybe you feel like, yeah, I think I'm kind of a temple, but I'm empty. Like it's time to start bearing fruit. Let's let the Holy yeah. Spirit work. Let's flourish. And with that foundation of all these details, and there's so much more to it of seven days to dedicate this and that, and all these pictures of Eden ultimately pointing us to what God eternally will do is dwell with us and be right. with us forever because that's what he wants. Um, that is like, to me, the push to go, okay, I wanna be this flourishing temple. I wanna like burn like a wildfire. Yeah. And those fires start to join together. And I know that's yeah. bad to say because there's fires all over the world right now. We're speaking in metaphor, but yeah. um, that's what happened in the book of Acts where they just were right. like, okay, well, if I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit now, mm. let him 
fire and wind, let's go and let's all together be a, uh, this fire that nobody could put out. Yeah. And that's the story of the church. And that's we get it. to do that. So we'll talk more about the Holy Spirit. Um, next time we'll talk about some of our backstory of learning the idea of becoming a temple. And then we're also going to talk yeah. about the physical component because you're going to be talking about the physical component. Oh, yeah. And uh, some of our journey through that and yeah. that, that part of this whole thing. Any last thoughts? I know that was a lot of nerddom, but I love that, that was stuff. Gr- well, thank you. He great sermon and and great podcast follow up. That was Here awesome. That was that was really really good. I I think to the one watching this going, well, yeah, I know that that's true. Like about some people, I just don't believe that's true about me. Yeah. Um, my final thought is it is, and, and keep coming back and keep tuning into these sermons throughout throughout Temple mm-hmm. and these podcasts um, because we want to help you see that that God doesn't just mean that about like your friend or your roommate who's really good at following Jesus. God actually believes that about you. And we want to help you see that. And so keep coming back. Great. Boom. All right, guys. As always, we're on YouTube, Spotify, TikTok, all those things. And I would love for you to share this with your friends if it's helpful. We'll keep the conversation going. And uh, yes, can you toss that over here to these guys? We got you guys this to always remind people. What do we got here? The most important thing you can do is to smash mm. that like button right there. Oh, it's there. an actual like button. So there's a, like, a like button. button. Let's go, Doug, do it. You want me to smash this? Yep. Beautiful. <laughs> smash it. Very good. Smash that like button. We'll see you guys talking next time. Peace.